Okay, so the Sermon on the Mount. Greatest sermon ever by the greatest preacher ever. And it was Jesus helping folks understand how to, how to live in the reality of God's kingdom. God's kingdom, which, which is already coming. In uh, my Thursday morning devotion this past week, I spent some time explaining how the objective for, for teachers in Jesus' day was, was not to just impart information on students. And even today, we certainly don't have a, a dearth of easy access to information. No, we can find out pretty much anything we need to find out in a matter of seconds. Info is not the problem. Proper application is what great teachers are able to help students understand and then execute. Teachers in Jesus' day, they were trying to change the lives of their students. And to help accomplish this, Jesus, he, he often uses illustrations. Jesus uses metaphors, and the Sermon on the Mount is full of them. There, there are two metaphors in our passage today, and both are worthy of careful examination. And we're going to look at one of them today. The first one, salt. Last week, we, we looked at the Beatitudes, which Matthew, the beginning of Matthew 5, and, and they showed us who were the blessed people, who are the blessed people. And we saw that it is anyone, anyone who follows Jesus. The, the good news is that the kingdom is, is here, and it is for anyone. And now Jesus, he, he, he turns to those anyones who have, who have set out to follow him, you, you and me, and he begins to, to help us understand just how we should live, how we, how we should behave, uh, uh, better put, who we are. This actually happened back, back in verse 11 from, from last week's passage. Uh, Jesus shifts the audience that he's referring to, that he is addressing to you, more specifically to us, the followers of Jesus. Listen, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. So in our text, Jesus affirms these, these yous, these followers of him with the vivid image of salt. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? Again, it's, it's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And notice what it says. You are the salt of the earth. Not you ought to be or you should try to be, but you are the salt. Salt is, is basic and essential to human life. And Jesus felt, he felt no need to spell this out because he knew his audience would know that. He was using a concrete example they would be familiar with. Now, salt serves a couple of purposes. It seasons and it preserves. In preserving salt, it, it dries food. It, it draws out uh, water out of food and it dehydrates it. And it's been used this way for, for ages. And in this way, as the church, the metaphor goes, we are preservationists. We've been given this treasure that is the gospel. 
and that's life with Jesus in the kingdom. And, and we're to cherish it, to, to preserve it, to hold it dear, and, and to testify to it so that others will come to know it and to follow Jesus as well. Now, we don't want, we can't have the witness of the church spoiling, losing its ability to preserve. Listen, if someone is professing to be a follower of Jesus, but, but they don't live anything like Jesus, well, that's not going to work. The, the church's witness in that situation in the world will, will certainly suffer. It will spoil. Instead, we are to help preserve the gospel by, by following Jesus so closely that we resemble Jesus. Uh, one teacher put it this way. We are to follow Jesus so closely that the dust off his feet covers our face. I love that. Following closely doesn't mean, and we talk about this all the time, it doesn't mean that things will always be rosy. Far from it. It just means we will never be alone. Hashtag never alone. Now remember back to verse 11. Jesus said, blessed are you when you're, when you're insulted, when you're, when you're persecuted, or, or when you're falsely accused because you follow me. So we should not be slow to understand that Jesus, that following Jesus it may give us get us a little roughed up or a lot roughed up. Now, I've told you about meeting Miss Joyce O'Neill at Brown Chapel AME Church in Selma, Alabama. Mrs. O'Neill was one of the brave souls who marched to Montgomery with Dr. King back in 1965 during the height of the Civil Rights era. And it wasn't until the third attempt that the march was actually successful. If you'll remember, the first march ended in vicious bloodshed as the marchers were pushed back and not allowed to go forward beyond the Edmund Pettus Bridge, being treated by the authorities as dangerous dissidents. Well, history shows us time and time again that to do what is right in following Jesus can bring about persecution. Even to this day, there are parts of the world that a group of Jesus followers cannot meet together in broad daylight, for they would be arrested or worse. So it stands to reason that we would be apt to lose our saltiness because things get tough or even when the world offers us, you know, its comforts and we choose them, they, they grab our affections and we we have to remember who we are in each of these circumstances. We have to remember what we're called to. And I have to tell you that I believe some things are changing. Obviously, COVID-19 has, has changed what we are doing in the short term, but, but I think there will be some lasting changes for us as the church after this is passed, whatever that looks like. And I have to tell you, I'm excited about the potential. You see, salt does not only preserve, it also seasons. Now, typically no one talks about salt unless there's too much or too little. If it's just right, they talk about how good the food is. Now, Leslie Ann and I, we've done the, the Whole30 eating regimen, the, the plan, a couple of times, and, and, and we like it, but it's pretty, I mean, it's really rigorous. It's no dairy, no sugar, and no grains for Whole30 days. Yeah, that's right. So only veggies and, and, and meats and, and fruits and lots of black coffee. But 
One thing Whole30 revealed to me about myself is how much I love salt. Salt on a vine-ripe tomato? Mmm, come on. Now, we are called to season the world in this way, and I mean that. We're called to be creative. We're called to be encouraging. We're called to to build others up, to to meet others where they are, to, to cause people to wonder what it is that we know and for them to want to know it as well. Now think with me for, for a minute. What if our online gatherings and our, and, and our small groups were able to reach people uh, that our buildings never could? What if some of our folks who, who find it hard for, for whatever reason to get out of the house very often could find authentic community without having to leave their house for it every time? Now, I am not saying we are doing away with our gatherings or our small groups. I did not say that. I am longing to sing alongside you as soon as possible. But salt's greatest characteristic is its usefulness. It is a basic, wonderfully useful element. And we're to be the same. We are to be beneficial. We're to be useful. We're to be life-giving. And in doing so, God is glorified. Salt preserves, and and we have these wonderful traditions and ways that we do things. Over 80 years of ministry at 8063 Highway 100, our ministry is time-tested, beautiful, and spirit-filled, but salt also seasons. We're called to constantly imagine and reimagine what God is up to and how we can continue to be useful and life-giving to the world around us. This is no ordinary sermon that Jesus preaches in Matthew's Gospel. These sacred texts are helping us to follow Jesus more closely. We're going to take a moment now to pray. And you can assume whatever posture that you like. We do this every week. And during this prayer time, we're going to sing one of our greatest hymns together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oksana's going to lead us in it. So I want you to do that with me now. I want you to look to Jesus. I want you to ask Jesus to help you follow Him more closely. I want you to ask Jesus to restore your saltiness. And let me pray this prayer over you from the church in Uruguay. God, you placed me in the world to be its salt. I have been afraid of committing myself, afraid of being stained by the world. I did not want to hear what they might have to say. And my salt dissolved as if in water. Forgive me, Jesus. God, you placed me in the world to to live in the community. Thus, you taught me to love, taught me to share in life, to struggle for bread and justice for all. Your truth incarnate in my life. So be it, Jesus. Amen. It hit us hard and it hit us fast and, and we really didn't see it coming, but all of a sudden we weren't able to meet together. 
and our lives were totally different and, and so many of our rhythms were at least put on hold. And perhaps they won't ever come back the way that we knew them. But folks, we have to continue to be the salt that we are. Don't, don't sit around and, and wonder when things are going to go back to normal. We are the church right now. Right now. So don't, don't pine for your pew in the sanctuary area. Don't, don't wait until your small group classroom is ready and you can be in it before you get together with your small group. We're following Jesus right now. We are living in the story of Jesus right now and we are living in the kingdom that is coming right now. Now, I have never been to the Greyhound races, you know, the, the, the dog races. These dogs, as I understand it, they, they run around chasing a mechanical rabbit and, and never catching the rabbit. That's the point. And when they get older, the owner puts a little ad in the paper and, and tries to find them a home. I was in a home not too long ago that, well, it had a dog that had been uh, one of those racers, uh, a big old beautiful spotted greyhound lying right there in the middle of the den, right there on the floor. The dog just looked happy. So I said to the dog, you still racing? No, no, I don't, I don't race anymore. Well, don't you miss the glitter and, and all the excitement of the, of the track? No, no. Why? You get, you get too old? No, no, I still had some race in me. Well, did you not win? I want over a million dollars for my owner. Then, were you treated poorly? Nope. They treated me like royalty. Then, then did you get injured? Did you get crippled? No. No, I told you I still had some race in me. Then what happened? I quit. You quit? Yep. That's what I said. I quit. Why? The dog said, I discovered what I was chasing wasn't really a rabbit. And I quit. That dog looked at me and said, all of that running and running and running running and what I was chasing, not even real. Jesus is real. Follow him. Chase him. Take seriously these teachings and this, this way of life that Jesus offers us because that is real. Let me ask you, what are they going to say about us in this time, years from now? Will they say that we are the salt of the earth?